Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Two franchises with recent history that's undeniable have become bitter rivals finding themselves in Game 7, a historic Game 7, a historic opportunity for the Boston Celtics to become the first team ever in NBA history to come back from a 3-0 deficit in the playoffs and win the series. The question is, are you rooting for history? It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Although it's the Fitz and Harry takeover, uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, you can usually hang out with us from noon to 3 Eastern, obviously, on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Taking over the morning show right now. You're listening to us on those places, plus ESPN2, ESPN News, and the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry, look, number one, Greeny's going to be insufferable. Can we all acknowledge, like, <laughs> if Greeny is right about this, because Greeny said from the outset, I'm telling you, you're going to have to agree with me. And now, like, I mean, that's what I'm most afraid of. For the next 30 years, Greeny could have every take wrong, and he will preface it by saying, I told you about the Celtics, and no one believed me then. Like, that's the autonomy. Can I be honest with get. you? Yeah. Can I be honest yeah. with you? Yeah. As he damn sure should. Uh, oh, oh, I would because be Because when you make a statement like that, and then now the team that you said is going to come back in – when a series being down 3-0 has an opportunity to do that in a game seven. And if they actually do that, if I was Greeny, I'm milking it until I leave Earth. Yeah, there is no. I really am. Like, you and I know that I don't live by the credo of act like you've been there before. Like, I, look, I get one take right like that. I'm, I'm rubbing it in everybody's face for the rest of time. I would make Greeny look like child's play with the amount of trash talking I would do on this. I get, I get it completely. But I do think for random sports fans, this is really interesting, right? Because if you're just a casual NBA fan and you're going to go to the bar tonight, you're going to turn this, this game will be on while you have a drink. You're either looking at the possibility of, oh, my God, the Celtics have made history, or you're looking at the possibility of Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra, who get so much street cred in the way that they're perceived, are going to turn around and do the unthinkable, go into Boston, win Game 7, and force the ever-difficult path for Miami to get into the NBA Finals. Like that, The emotion behind this, the pressure behind this game, is actually wildly interesting to me because – I could certainly look at both sides and say the pressure is almost insurmountable. Yes, I'm glad you made that point, uh, Fitz, because I think it's pressure on both sides. You're looking at the Boston Celtics, who's the two seed coming into this playoffs, who as soon as Milwaukee lost, a lot of people thought was the favorite to win the NBA Finals. They find themselves in the whole 3-0. They come back. They tie the series. Now you're going into a Game 7 that's not on the road against Miami like it was last year, a year ago to the, the exact date. But you're at home where you're only 500. You're 5-5 five and five and also hasn't, haven't been, you know, overly good the last two years. The pressure is on you. You have the superstar player in Jason Tatum. You, uh, you have the star player in Jalen Brown. You have one of the deepest teams right now in the NBA that's left. So a sixth man of the year, even though Malcolm Brogdon missed the last game. There are a lot of things that you have in your favor if you're the Boston Celtics. But at the same time, that allows a lot of pressure to creep in as well. I don't think they're going into this ball game saying that, you know, all the pressure is on Miami. Even though Jason Tatum may have said it at one point, I don't believe that to be true. And then if you're the Miami Heat, even though you were the eight seed coming into the playoffs and a lot of people think you shouldn't be here at this moment, you can't think like that. <clears throat> you just had an opportunity to win a game six to go to a NBA Finals if you are able to get a rebound off of a missed shot. So I think it's pressure on them to 
not let that game six cloud their minds and cloud their thinking and their play and to go out here and actually to perform. But I think it's a ton of pressure on Jimmy Butler as well. Well, I, I I think you're right about all of that, but but there's a level of the heat. They have the easiest chip on the shoulder, right? In my mind, it's super easy for everybody in that locker room to convince themselves, and you athletes always have to convince yourself somebody's rooting against you, right? Like, there is this moment of, oh, you know what? Nobody gave us a chance coming in, and now everybody's rooting against us because they want to see history. Yep. The NBA doesn't want us to go there because they want the Celtics there. Fans don't think we can do this in Boston. Like, they're going to manufacture all of these chips over the course and have been manufacturing all of these chips over the course of the last 24 hours to convince themselves that everybody's rooting against Miami. So I think that that actually could allow Miami to, to play kind of footloose and fancy free. But the other side of it is if you're Eric Spolstra and your team blows this lead, like I'm sorry, but the way we talk about a, a coach that, you know, a week ago was one of the best in NBA history and currently arguably the best coach in the league. All of these things that we've said glowingly about Spo, if he becomes the first coach to blow a or, yeah, to blow a three nothing lead in the playoffs, you can't tell me that that doesn't become part of his narrative for the rest of time. Well, also, and I think you look at the manner that it would have been in being up three zero. But there's been little spots here and there in the last few games where I thought Spo could have been better as a coach, right? And Joe Mazzula has stepped up and, you know, overcome some of his deficiencies and has been the better coach in these last few games. So I think when you look at all those things, and Spolster's going to go down as, you know, in, in, in the Hall of Fame, NBA Hall of Fame, because he was phenomenal. My brother Tony Douglas was able to play for him down there in Miami the year that the Miami Heat lost the NBA Finals. And he has nothing but phenomenal things to say about Coach Spolster because he is that guy. But you do not want to be on that side of history because, Fitz, guess what? As I talked about, you know, Greeny talking about if the Celtics are able to win this Game 7 for the rest of his life until he leaves this earth, guess what else will be talked about on the flip side of that if the Miami Heat lose this game? And Eric Spolster's name is going to be attached to that them losing a playoff series for the first time when a team has been up three games to none. You, so you don't want to be on that side of history if you're the Miami Heat. You are a thousand percent right. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Dennis in Delaware chiming in on the presser conversation with the Celtics. Dennis, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got? Hey, man, Harry, I'm still rocking the candles every day, man. Oh, Let's that's go. right, baby. Let's that's go. what I'm talking about. There's nothing wrong with a little smell good in your house, man. smell good, yeah. Hell, heck, heck no. Now, here's the thing to take. Jimmy Butler didn't have a great game, game six, but he did come through down the stretch, hit the big free, free throws. And listen, he put 56 on the board on the road, game seven against the Milwaukee Bucks. Listen, I could see that happening again tonight. I really can. Um, all the pressures on Boston, I agree with your prior callers. Um, I just think this is this Miami team, they, they play really good when their back's to the wall. It don't matter where they are. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a great game. It's going to come down the stretch, no doubt about it. And I, Game six was awesome. Uh, I give Joe some credit like you did before, but that play would have been challenged anyway by Miami, the uh, three-pointer. But I like Jimmy Butler tonight. All my money's on Jimmy. Dennis, yeah, th- thanks for taking my call. Thanks let, for the call, man. Let me, let me say this really quick. I think Miami could not have challenged that play because they had lost their challenge earlier in the game because they had used it. Right. Uh, but let me say this about Jimmy, though. J- Jimmy was able to, with four minutes left in the game, Jimmy was able to score 
um, 13 points. He had 15 in the fourth quarter. So, yes, he did rise to the occasion when they needed him down the stretch. Our thing is that if, if Jimmy just plays a tiny bit more decent than he did in that game, the Miami Heat probably win that game six. Yeah, if he played in the first three quarters the way he played in the, the fourth. Uh, but here's the funny thing. Dennis just said that the Celtics have uh, all, the, uh, all the pressure. Jacob in New Orleans. Jacob, uh, this is why I love this whole conversation in some ways, because you got one thought coming from Dennis. Now, Jacob, who's the pressure on tonight in your mind? Oh, the pressure is definitely on the Heat. You, you, if you look back at it, everybody's been talking about this all week long. 100, 0 into 150, 0 against 150. Do you really want to be that one team that loses coming back from 3-0? Like, they've been – have not had pressure on them all, all series long going down 3-0. Now all of a sudden, oh, because they have to win this game, the pressure's on. If you want to say that, then yeah. But the pressure's on both teams in that fact. But you really don't want to be the first team to lose after 150 teams have showed you otherwise. <laughs> kind of to Harry's point, we're talking about uh, Coach Spo. You really want to be that one coach in that that loss column, uh, uh, Jacob? I, I don't disagree with that. Thanks for the call, man. Harry, you don't want to. You don't want to be that team, Fitz. Can I say this though? So I have to deal with this when it comes to you know my Atlanta Falcons. You know how much I love that organization. Um, but a moment where I didn't even play for the Falcons at the time, I was in Tennessee, but they made a Super Bowl and they won, they was up 28 to three in that game. And Tom Brady and the Patriots were able to come back. I have to hear that from people every single day, damn near because of that comeback. So you don't want to be on certain sides of history when it comes to sports. You're blowing my mind because you're right. Like I said this on our show last week, we were talking about something else, but like, imagine that that process and the way we talk about the Buffalo Bills for going to four straight Super Bowls that they lost. We talk about them yeah. like there's just this junk team that's no good because they lost four straight Super Bowls without ever acknowledging, hey, they went to four straight Super Bowls. It's so wildly difficult to do. But the Bills, even if they go to the Super Bowl this year, the first conversation will be about the, the franchise's history with it. If it, every t- You're right. If the Heat lose this series – Every single time that there's a team up 3 nothing, the Heat are going to come up in the conversation. Every single time the Heat have a 3 nothing lead, for the rest of their organization's history, it'll be, well, remember, the Heat are the only team that's ever been in this situation before and lost. You're right. With the way we couch a negative, they'll never, we'll never get through that. Like It will always be a part of the Miami City. That has to bear some sort of pressure. Well, that's right? why it's pressure, I think, on both sides, right? Yeah. Now, the pressure and the amounts of it may be different, and the reasons because of the pressure may be different, but there is pressure on the Boston Celtics and Joe Mazzula and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and the sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon, if he comes out there and play. But then there's also pressure on Eric Sposter, Jimmy Butler. Bam! There's pressure on him because his last two games have not been – they've been anything but phenomenal. They've been – not up to the play that it should be in the Eastern Conference Finals from your second best player in the last two games to try to clinch and go to an NBA Finals. So there's pressure across the board individually when it comes to certain players. There's pressure individually when it comes to the coaches. But also as a team aspect, there's pressure on both of these teams for different reasons. It's also 
a game seven. Like, I just, I don't want to oversimplify here, but it's a game seven. Everybody's going to feel like it's going to be puckered up. Everybody's going to be a little puckered. But guess what? When game seven comes, who got to show up fits in game sevens? Uh, everybody, everybody. But mainly who, though? Stars. Your stars okay. and your superstars. <laughs> got to show up. I got a 50-50 Show chance. up and show out. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> and both have done it. Uh, Butler and Tatum have both had huge game sevens. It's going to be absolutely must-watch tonight, must-listen to. You can check it out on ESPN Radio. Uh, we've got plenty to break down on this game. We're going to keep taking your calls. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. We're going to let you keep getting in on the fun. But also, while you were busy paying attention to the NBA, and to Major League Baseball, and to the NHL over the course of the weekend, one epic NFL franchise just told the entire world they're tanking this year. We'll tell you about it next. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn wah, J. Wah, Will. Wah, wah, cry me a river, Fitz. Wow, wow. I don't you know, and, and Harry and I are going to fight. That's next, obviously. <laughs> We're going to fight. That's coming up on Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN2, ESPNU, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. So it's really a Fitz and Harry takeover. Uh, you can listen to us most days, well, every weekday from noon to 3. Not today, since we're already doing this. But uh, come hang out with us from noon to 3 on ESPN Radio inside the ESPN app, uh, Sirius XM Channel 80, all of those same places. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll get back to all of the NBA Game 7 action you could possibly want to break down. ton on the Celtics-Heat game that you can watch tonight on ESPN. We all know. Uh, how incredible that game is. But we need to get a little expertise brought in here because I'm going to be honest, like, I might have had to open up a bottle of whiskey this weekend. Got some news that wasn't particularly good for my favorite football team. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Insider, joining us now. And, Jeremy, you know, usually I try not to lead with the Raiders question. But let's be real, over the weekend, big breaking news as uh, Pro Football Talk, I think, was the first to to come out and talk about it. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo contract addendum, apparently, and it looks like the Raiders have a safety clause. If he doesn't pass a physical, they never have to pay him. Uh, What am I supposed to make of this at this point? Well, you know, teams can weave in contract language to get a deal over the finish line that they feel is favorable to them or at least protects them 
in the case of catastrophic injury. So that appears to be the case with the Raiders. They feel like, hey, if Garoppolo can't get on the field, can't pass a physical down the road, then they could move on and, and his guarantees of $22.5 million would essentially unlock. But that is nobody's plan. The Raiders still believe that Garoppolo is their quarterback. You know, I texted with somebody over there. They said the, the belief or understanding is at least he'll be ready for training camp at some point, possibly the beginning of training camp. There's no firm date yet, but it would be a major surprise if he's not the guy. Now, keep in mind, betting on Jimmy Garoppolo's health is not always a safe bet. You know, he missed a lot of games over the last four to five years, so he's got to get over that hurdle. Let me, let me ask you a quick follow-up then. Given what we now know with this contract situation, are you surprised the Raiders yeah. didn't address quarterback in the draft? A little bit, but it does tell me that they believe the foot injury is not going to hinder him for 2023. Because look at their options right now as backups. They have fourth-round pick Aiden O'Connell, who you know who's a fine player, but he's probably not a guy you're going to roll out there as the day one starter. Brian Hoyer, veteran, been around. He's been a number two. He's been a number three. He started some games, but probably not a guy you're rolling into the season with with a lot of confidence as your starter. So. They haven't really done much. There's not like even a, a young, you know, first or second round pick that they're grooming behind the scenes. So uh, that tells me that they believe Garoppolo will be ready. Um, you know, there's always like a Carson Wentz or a Teddy Bridgewater type option out there in free agency. But yeah, that, to, to me, this says that they're protecting their money, but they still believe he's going to play at some point here soon. Now, Jeremy, recently the Arizona Cardinals decided that they were going to release DeAndre Hopkins. Why would yeah. they do that? Why would they release DeAndre Hopkins in your eyes? Well, he had a $30 million cap hit. So I think, Harry, the, the Cardinals just said he's not in our plans long term. This is clearly a rebuild situation, even though they probably won't admit that publicly. But everybody knows that. It's a roster that's not going to be very good next year. Kyler Murray's still recovering from the ACL. So you don't really know what to expect. This is a team that has a lot of draft capital for the future and for 2024, where there is a star-studded quarterback class with Drake May, Caleb Williams, all those guys. So this is essentially a trial run a little bit for Kyle Murray. They're going to see how it goes this year, but a new regime, it feels like all bets are off. And so you combine the fact that Hopkins, uh, according to all accounts that, that I've heard, was looking for a change of scenery or was at least open to that, had talked to the Cardinals about moving on. They shopped him. There just wasn't a lot of trade action and they could eat his uh, salary cap hit all in one year. They had the space to do that now instead of waiting till June, where you can sort of prorate it over two years. And so they figured let's just cut the cord now and, and let him try to get whatever he can on the market. So, okay, so my, fo- my follow-up to that is, is this, when it comes to Kyler Murray. The Arizona Cardinals probably won't be a good football team this year. They have an opportunity with, yeah. to probably get the first overall and sec- or second overall draft pick. Do you see a situation in which if they are in that situation, they decide to take a quarterback, Caleb Williams or Drake May, and then move on from Kyler Murray? I suspect that all options are on the table with that, Harry. Like You could even see a scenario where they keep Kyler Murray and draft a quarterback. Uh, he's going to be hard to trade because of the dead money involved in the contract, but it's not impossible. It's a big number, and you know, th- certainly this year doing it would be tough, but Going on next year, he will have played two years on the new deal. Usually in NFL contracts, by two years, you can sort of wiggle out of it if you need to. Um, you know, this is a team that clearly uh, is giving it a few years with GM Monte Austin for to just accumulate as much talent and volume as they can through the draft. That's how they want to build. They did a ton of trades back in late April on the clock during the draft, got a lot of third and fourth round picks 
And then remember, they have the Houston Texans first-round pick next year. Mm-hmm. Houston's not a lock to be very good. So they could be fully armed with potentially two top-five picks next year, which you can trade up to get to one if you want. Like, you know, The options feel limited. They haven't had this flexibility like this in a long time, so I do think they're going to take advantage of it. We're talking to Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer. Uh, with all of this conversation about Hopkins, where do you think he ends up next? Well, my money would still be on the Bills or the Chiefs working something out. They just don't have a lot of money in the cap space. And, you know, the Chiefs, the concern is they just gave Donovan Smith on free agency some real money to play left tackle. So that drained some of their resources. I don't know if they can quite pull it off. They do believe Kadarius Toney can be a number one type receiver. So I don't get the sense they're overly desperate to make this happen, but there's certainly some interest. Uh, and when you talk to other NFL teams, they believe the Bills are a threat here and, and have been for a while. So I still suspect that you have two contenders in the, AC, or in the AFC that are sort of trying to combat each other, make sure one doesn't get Hopkins over the other. Uh, so that's a little bit of an arms race there. And then you're going to have some sleepers. You know, you look at a team like Cleveland, I wouldn't call them a major player, but I expect them to at least make a phone call because of the Hopkins-Deshaun Watson connection from Houston. My sense is Hopkins would be open to playing with Watson again and reuniting with him. And the New York Jets, teams like that, have been looking for receiver help in the past couple months pretty heavily. You know, the Jets were in on Odell Beckham before he signed with the Ravens. Uh, Of course, the Cowboys went and traded for Brandon Cooks but looked into the Hopkins market before. So some of these teams are at least familiar with what Hopkins might be looking for, and maybe they can pull the trigger there. Okay, let me throw another team out to you, Jeremy, because I think this team should be in the running for DeAndre Hopkins. The Detroit Lions. Yeah. You got Jamison Williams, who's going to be suspended for the first six, six games of the year. Detroit Lions have yeah. about $23 million in cap space. So if DeAndre Hopkins want a certain amount of money, they can give that to him. A team that's up and yeah. coming and promising that we just don't feel promising about, but also the NFL looking at all their uh, major TV games that they have this yeah. season. What, what do you think about the Lions? I mean, on paper – yeah, Harry, if we're talking on paper and the football quality, yes, it makes sense. And Jared Goff's a real dude now. He gained a lot of respect for the way he played last year in league circles. They have a good roster. They have money. It's Detroit. Not a lot of free agents want to go to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey went to Miami. He wanted to be in Miami. He didn't want to be in Detroit, with all due respect. Or at least that's – I think Detroit had interest in Ramsey. But players want to go to Miami, right? Like, so that's the thing. And I, I just – I don't know if Hopkins would want to play there or not. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe he's open to some of those options. Money can always talk, right? That's always the tiebreaker and the equalizer in these scenarios. Uh, Jeremy, I'm going to need him to go to Detroit, or just not to Kansas City. Like, basically, over the course of the last 10 minutes, you've let me know my team doesn't have a quarterback, and the Chiefs might get DeAndre Hopkins. This is why I drink in the fall. Like, it's just, it's not healthy for me, Jeremy. Like, just. (laughs) No, no, Jeremy. See, this is why Fitz is going to have to buy everyone on Fitz and Harry, the staff, and myself included, a steak dinner. Whichever our teams has the the worst record at the end of the year, there has to be a steak dinner bought. And one choice of a, uh, you know, alcoholic more, beverage. Yeah. yeah, but Harry's a Falcons fan, and he's <laughs> high on the Falcons this year. I'm just saying, like, there's a chance. I mean, I got the Falcons, the Giants, the Raiders, and the Jets in one division. The Jets are going to be better, but the rest of them could all implode, Jeremy. Just give the me hope. Disrespect. Okay. The disrespect, okay. I tell you. Jeremy, thank Man, you. Man, there's some hope. There's some hope here with Las Vegas. They, I, their roster's not bad. They got, you know. They need some picks, like some actual interceptions. I think somebody was telling me their defensive backfield had, like, Five picks last year is a really, really low number. Like, yeah. go get see, Marcus see, Peters, see, maybe Jeremy, add somebody there to no, the defense. Jeremy, see, obviously you didn't watch Kings of Comedy. Okay. See, as a black man, we don't <laughs> hope 
somebody's in our seat. We wish somebody would. We wish somebody would. <laughs> okay. We don't live by the hope theory, Jeremy. Jeremy, I hope uh, I hope you're right, and I cannot wait to talk to you again, my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us. Have a good holiday, brother. Awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, hanging out with us. Uh, all right, you just broke some of it down, but this weekend, frankly, has left me wondering what the hell is going on in the city that I love. Las Vegas. Things have gotten wild. We'll get you an update on not just one, but two different sports that are suddenly turning the city upside down next. It's Fitz and Harry taking over Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I'm just searching for an easy day as a fan. That's all. You know what? I don't even need real love. I just want my favorite teams to, you know, not make things difficult all the time. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and the ESPN app. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Usually you can hang out with us from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, and if you do, you know some things. You know that Harry uh, obviously is Atlanta through and through. He's sitting in Studio HD in Atlanta right now. Atlanta is, is Go part, Braves. Of, part of the very fiber of Harry Douglas. And if you've listened to me anywhere, Harry... You know, the Vegas is part of the fiber of who I am. So right. a, a rough weekend, a rough weekend for me. Two parts. Number one, I'm sitting there watching the uh, I got two TVs on humble brag because, you know, I, I live that life. I got two TVs on. One of them's got the NBA game on. One of them's got the Stanley Cup, uh, the Western Conference final. on, And I'm watching Vegas in it just a back and forth. They go up one nothing. Dallas ties it one one almost immediately later. They go up two one. Dallas ties it two two almost immediately later. And then late in the third great goal, followed by another. Eh, all of a sudden, 4-2, Dallas has now won two straight games. You and I had great plans. My birthday is Saturday, June 3rd. Saturday, June 3rd could be game one of the Stanley Cup final in Las Vegas. We could be there. We could be hanging out. But Vegas has got to win this series. So I'm puckered up already. Just about, like, Vegas in general. We'll get to the Raiders thing in a second. But, my God, the Golden Knights did me no favors either. Well, when you look at the first five games of this series, Fitz, three of the, of the first five or three of the five games – um, have been overtime games, right? And we've seen the Vegas Knights be able to win some of those games. We've also, you know, seen some weird things transpire in, you know, hockey history. But I think in the first three games, the Vegas Knights have only given up five goals. In the last two combined, you know, their goalie heel has allowed seven goals. I just don't think that can that can happen in a game six, or if it gets to a game seven, I think he's going to have to tighten up the ship along with the other players for the Vegas Knights. 
I think people like Marshall Show, he's going to have to step up even more. Eichel's going to have to step up. Uh, Stevenson, Carlson, all those guys are going to have to step up to another level because the Dallas Stars said, you know what? Just like the Boston Celtics has tied their series at 3-3 against the Miami Heat, why can't we do it being down 3-0 mm-hmm. versus the Vegas Golden Gosh. Knights and do the same thing from a hockey perspective? So the, the, the Dallas Stars, they're not just going to lay down. They're going to be fighting for their lives every single time they step out on that ice. And the Knights got to understand that you got to bring it every single night. And, and, and I can't buy, I, I can't book the plane ticket till they get there. Like that's bad juju. Yep. I can't book the plane ticket or the hell. To, this is costing us more money every. Well, single we're, we're we're trying to go to Vegas and and go to you know the Vegas Golden Knights. The we're gonna go to the uh, Stanley Cup final ma- matchup, okay. and, and they're holding up the process. Just, so we need them to pick things up a little bit. Like here. Harry's going to have to bring the private jet up here now because it's going to cost too much to get out there. All right. that, that's not the only thing that was really weird for me this weekend because uh, Jimmy G and the details of the contract that have come out, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN has confirmed the reports that have been out there. Uh, they added an addendum to the end of Jimmy G's contract. And for anyone that hasn't seen this, when he came in to get his physical uh, before signing his deal with the Raiders this year, uh, the foot issue that took him out of the end of the regular season with 49ers apparently came up. What we just found out over the weekend is that the Raiders weren't comfortable with the foot issue, decided it needed surgery. So in order to do that, they added an addendum to the end of the contract that essentially says any risk moving forward is Jimmy G's and not theirs. And most importantly, if he cannot pass a team physical at any point, they don't have to pay him a dime. So this contract is actually not really in place until he passes a physical, which because he's still now recovering from the surgery, hasn't even had the chance to happen. I think it's a pretty stunning development only because, Harry, you and I were working together on the NFL draft. The Raiders could have tried to trade up. I mean, it took a trade up to get C.J. Stroud. They could have been aggressive for a quarterback. They sat out that aggressiveness to try and get a quarterback, knowing that their quarterback was having foot surgery and that the next best option was Brian Hoyer? To me, this tells you the Raiders believe they're not going to win this year and they didn't want to be that aggressive. They, they're waiting for next year's quarterback class. Well, also that it, it was a two-year plan in which Josh McDaniels needs to get this team where he feels like it needs to be, right? That also tells me that. But I will say this, Fitz, for, for the Raiders, it's not a bad plan, though, if you're looking at it from the perspective of, okay, we could possibly get a top quarterback in next year's draft. Because you have some, you know, phenomenal quarterbacks coming out, led by the two guys, Caleb Williams and also Drake May from North Carolina. You have some solid guys there. You have Jaden Daniels that's at LSU. You have a lot of guys. You got Bo Nix that's at Oregon who decided to go back to college uh, for another year who will probably be coming out, who will be coming out because he doesn't have any more years of eligibility left. So you have a lot of guys that you can look at from, the, from a quarterback perspective to see if they can fit you know, what you want to do offensively, or can they be game changers? I know the top two guys are definitely game changers uh, in the 2024 NFL draft, and maybe if they're in a position where they can take one, of, take one of those guys and reset everything and get things going in the manner that they feel like, you know, the organization or the team needs to be going, I think that's feasible for them. Well, here's the other part of it, too. Like, it's no risk for the Raiders at this point, right? Like, by Jimmy G took all of the risk in this, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, and for the Raiders... Smart by the Raiders. Like, very, very smart. If you look at it from their perspective, they believe Jimmy G can play, but they also believe health has been an issue and this foot's been an issue. So now you get it surgically repaired. If the surgery takes and the foot's better, you're believing you're getting the healthiest version possible of a quarterback. Maybe he does turn out to have a resurgent second chapter and you look around and you say, hey, we got a guy. Like, we love this. We have talent. We're winning. 
If not, then you took a flyer on it. It cost you no money at that point. You have no risk in it. And to your point, you're going after a quarterback next year. And I think it even plays into their draft strategy. They took an edge rusher uh, the, 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 out of what Texas uh, Tech, uh, Tyree. Yeah. And when they took Tyree in the seventh overall pick in the draft, we talked about it. Like the foot issue he had was a big part of it. Will he be healthy? When will he be healthy? Well, the answer to that is they, they really were banking on him next year. Like we, we expect him to have limited playing time this year and then next year be a bigger part of this defense. So I think the Raiders are telling you quite clearly this is, to your point, a two-year plan. And by the way, you weren't going to catch the, the Chiefs in one year anyway. So I have no problem with that. It makes sense. Well, I, I just think when you look at this team, especially defensively. I need them to be better secondary-wise. That's still a place I feel like the Raiders could upgrade and get better play. Um, Their defensive line, you know, with Wilson, Jones, and Max Crosby, those guys are going to be phenomenal. They're going to be relentless. I love the versatility of Wilson. Um, Them drafting him at that spot was, was, was brilliant in my eyes because he's a guy that can play a lot of different techniques on your defensive line. He could be in a four-point stance, three-point stance, or a two-point stance. So when you have versatility with a guy on your defensive line like that, and it's also a guy that I think hasn't really you know, played up to his potential or what he can be, I think with NFL and phenomenal coaching, what they'll be able to bring out the best in him. And being around guys like Chandler Jones and Max Crosby is going to help him out tremendously. So I think when you're looking at this team for the future – um, especially being in a division that has Patrick Mahomes and also Justin Herbert, you got to have the pass rushers, but also you got to have the guys on the back end. So I, th- I think that's an area where they need to get better at. And I think they just knew they couldn't acquire enough talent in one year to, to close the gap. It makes yep. a ton of sense. By the way, I committed to you, and uh, they're not available yet. But I told you, whoever they drafted, I was going to end up being the biggest fan of in the world. So I, you know, as soon as the jerseys are available on NFL.com, I'm going to spend what did my you money. You say you committed to me? I can. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to commit. <laughs> relationship right like you are my work wife like what what do we, I, mean, I mean i committed that i would buy a jersey you say you told just say you told me i committed uh, that's why i told you like we're building it's, it's it's told you but with a little bit more like hey you know a little nerdier like i committed to my co-host. i told you we don't live by the hope theory yeah, yeah but, we wish a month we wish you would. <laughs> All right, so Heat fans, how you feeling going into Game 7, 888, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is this about to be the death of Heat culture? We want you guys to chime in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. But first... Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. I'll admit it, America, I failed you. I have failed everybody listening. We are almost two hours into the show, 
And I have yet to say the two best words in all of sports. Game seven. Game seven. You're welcome. <laughs> now everybody can take a morning shot. We're good. I still believe the two best words in all of sports are Raiders win. I just don't hear it very often. It's Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and the ESPN app. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Tune in tonight. Game seven. The two best words in all of sports. What, Harry? Game seven. Of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics host the Heat presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm glad coverage begins at 8 p.m. I, my thoughts and prayers for our, our co-worker. Uh, obviously, we all know Amber Wilson is a, a, a massive Heat fan. Like, I can't imagine being on it. You just take tonight off, right? She would just take tonight off. Joe and Amber <laughs> is 7 to 9 p.m. Do we, is Nuno, do we know this? Is she taking tonight off? Like, there's yeah, no way she's she, on, right? She, she's probably somewhere on an island because she lives a fascinating <laughs> life. Besides being like the biggest heat culture, quote unquote, whatever the hell that is, fan. She uh you know, she enjoys life. So she's probably somewhere in the Bahamas, Bermuda, something enjoying the holiday. Oh man, that's well, you know what? Let, let, let me do something though, guys, before we, you know, get back into things. Um today is Memorial Day, so we I wanna honor, you know, all the people who who, you know, give us an opportunity or gave us an opportunity to do the things. Um uh, that we love to do on a daily basis, you know, our, our fallen heroes and whatnot. Um, also, my grandmother turned 82 yesterday, so my, my grandma Rita, so I want to give her a shout-out. Just want to make sure I got those two things in before the day was over with. Well, happy birthday, Grandma. Uh, absolutely. Did you get her a cake? Like, was there, was there cake eating yesterday? Well, so Grandma grandma wanted to go to sugar factory i didn't go to sugar factory with her but okay. we're gonna um probably do the cake today i i, I love I gotta go to my parents house when i'm done with media stuff I, I love the thought of like 82 year old grandma walking into sugar factory and just housing one of those huge huge now huge listen to me now no. my grandma plays spades <laughs> you know and she don't play spades and sit there quiet she plays spades and she'll tell you a piece of her mind you know once they get you know to, to this age fits it ain't no coming back from from them say, sugarcoating anything. Oh, yeah, they're gonna say what they feel and how they feel, and they don't care if you feel a, if you feel some type of way about it. Now, yeah, that that is a I, I cannot wait to play spades with your entire family. I'm just saying we're gonna make that happen. Happen, and yes, obviously Memorial Day. The reason that we're sitting in these chairs, Memorial Day is a holiday for so many people, uh, and uh, this it's important for this show and for everybody at ESPN that we honor the people that uh, fought and gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we could do things like sit here and talk about sports. We're forever. Thankful for everybody uh, that that uh, this holiday impacts. Let's uh, get some thoughts uh, from the. Everybody wants to chime in on the Heat. Triple Eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Nick in Virginia. Nick, how you feeling about tonight? What's what, what's the temperature there, Nick? Uh, it's hot. Uh, we're we're betting <laughs> with the Heat. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup tonight. Game seven. Best two words in sports. Uh, but I, I'm putting my faith in Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets. I think he's going to get 40 tonight, and it's going to be a battle against Jimmy and Tatum, and I think Jimmy clutches it out, and he gets the win. Uh, against everyone else, against all the odds, I got Miami getting the win tonight. All right, Harry, how are we feeling about that? That's a, that's a... Well, here's the thing, though, because um, I, I do believe Jimmy Butler is going to – have a hell of a uh, performance tonight. What he can't be doing is all this pump faking. Uh, Herky jerkiness. Uh, uh, pump faking, pump faking. Because the Heat's defenders, I mean, excuse me, the Celtics defenders have been disciplined. 
and not, you know, going for the pump fake. And it's kind of thrown Jimmy off a little bit. But I do believe tonight is a night that he take it amongst himself or uh, to go out there and have one of those stellar performances that we're talking about for a very, very long time. The only thing is, is it going to be enough? And also, can he get the same thing from his role players that he's gotten, that he's gotten, gotten in game six in a game seven, along with a performance that we expect from Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, in my mind, has to be aggressive at the rim trying to finish. That's the, the biggest thing to me that I think I'm looking at. Let's go to, I think it's Ibrahim in Dallas. Ibrahim, uh, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got for us? Hey, how's it going? Great. Yeah, you got it right. Thanks awesome. for taking my call. Yeah, so I'm a longtime Celtics fan, a uh, fan of you guys and fan of the show. But, yeah, we're feeling really good. Um, I think we're in for a historic Game 7 tonight, you know, from both sides. And, you know, Tatum has played six Game 7s, and his only losses came to LeBron in his rookie year. And they were three three minutes away from going to the finals against the Warriors that year. So I think, you know, to expect a big game from Tatum, you know, he always comes to the, comes to the moments when it, the lights are the brightest. And I just had a question for you guys. So if the Celtics do move on to the finals, what do you guys think of the rest that the Nuggets have been getting in between this Eastern Conference finals? Do you think that's going to help them out? Or will the uh, team that's kind of been rolling maybe, you know, not be as slowed down or so kind of like when a one seed comes off a bye in the NFL, they sometimes, you know, had a little bit too much time off and they dropped that first game or so. So. And thanks for the call, Harry. I mean, to me, rest at this point, at the end of this marathon, rest is always going to be a good thing. It, it'll take a few minutes to knock off the rust, but especially as the series even wears down, even if it, even if game one looks rusty for Denver, and I don't think it will, even if it does, by the time you get to game four or five, it's just about the amount of wear on the tires to me. Like Denver's got a huge advantage to whoever they play next. Yeah, and you got to look at the paths in the playoffs. Um when you look at the Boston Celtics, it took them six games to beat the Atlanta Hawks. It took them seven games to beat the Philadelphia 76ers. It's going to take them seven games if they complete this in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, the, the, the other side of this for the Boston Celtics is that they're not an old team, though. They're a young team. And then when you look at the Denver Nuggets, you know, they're not an old team. But the rest is good for them. But at the same time, when you look at the Celtics, it's not like they're going out there with 34 and 35 and 36-year-olds that's, that's playing multiple or, or a ton of minutes, 40-plus minutes a night. These are two young teams in the Denver Nuggets and also the Boston Celtics. That's if the Boston Celtics can get past the Miami Heat tonight. So, I mean, I think it can work out both ways for both teams in some kind of way, but their youth allows it, in my eyes, not to be a, a major, major factor. You guys want to chime in. I don't want to cut anybody off. We want to let you guys chime in. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888 888- Seven two nine three seven seven six. We're going to let you continue to give us your thoughts on Game Seven tonight, Celtics Heat, which you can listen to on ESPN Radio. You can watch across the ESPN networks. Uh, going to be an incredible game. We'll let all of you chime in. Plus, really, this comes down to two stars, two epic household names that we've been watching throughout this entire series. So the question becomes: When everything's on the line in this Game Seven, which star do we actually trust the most? We'll break it down for you next. Fitz and Harry taking over Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.